0: 10 Best Books on Productivity Productivity forms the backbone of any self-improvement effort. If you can't organize your time, accomplish your tasks, and complete your projects, what chance do you have to reach any other goal you've set for yourself? At the same time, few topics are so frequently misunderstood. A common tendency is to equate productivity with overwork. Burnout, stress, and exhaustion, it is argued, are all symptoms of our cultural obsession with productivity. Nothing could be further from the truth. Productivity is about getting more from less. How can you increase the efficiency of your hours so you don't need to work late to get all of your work done? How can you manage your to-do list stress-free, confident that everything will be done on time? How do you hit your targets without endless grinding? Here is my pick for the 10 best books to help you begin. Number one, Getting Things Done by David Allen. When I started writing online, productivity was virtually synonymous with getting things done. To have a productivity blog meant you were one of Alan's acolytes, newly converted to the cult of productivity. The devotion is well-deserved. When I've had to recommend books on productivity, I always start with getting things done. The central idea of getting things done is that you shouldn't rely on your memory to keep track of your tasks. By creating a system that can capture, process, and remind you of work that needs doing, you can save precious mental bandwidth for doing the work, not just thinking about it. Number two, Deep Work by Cal Newport. Long, unbroken periods of focus are essential to productivity. The reason is simple. The brain was not designed to multitask. Every time you switch tasks, you need to restore the active state of the problem you were working on in your conscious attention. This takes time. While an inattentive mental state might be okay for emails or Slack chats, it's devastating for difficult problems, the kind that are most valuable to solve. Unfortunately, our environments have made focus harder than ever. Social media and smartphones offer ever-present temptations for distraction. Open office plans, non-stop Zoom meetings, and collaboration over email make deep work a rarity. This is also why deliberate efforts to cultivate focus are so valuable. Number three, The Effective Executive by Peter Drucker. Effective executives, Drucker writes, do not start with their tasks. They start with their time. And they do not start out with planning. They start out by finding where their time actually goes. Drucker, who famously coined the term knowledge worker, is responsible for introducing many of the bedrock ideas of productivity. Track where your time goes, ask what you can contribute, focus on your strengths. And despite a half-century elapsing from when it was first written, Drucker's advice remains timeless. Number four, Work the System by Sam Carpenter. Sam Carpenter was struggling. He had an unprofitable business and was working 80-hour work weeks just to keep up. Like many entrepreneurs, he solved his problems by working more, and the problems kept piling up. Carpenter's transformation came from shifting his view from doing the work to working on the system. By creating sets of procedures and policies for handling routine work, the amount of time he spent putting out fires greatly diminished. Eventually, he was able to expand his business greatly while putting in a fraction of the time. Number five, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Covey's bestseller integrates the idea of personal character into effectiveness. Being effective in one's work is not merely being rational or efficient. Instead, it is about taking responsibility for your actions, doing what you'll say you'll do, and seeking to understand other people. Covey sees our development in terms of a continuum from dependence to independence to interdependence. We start out dependent on others, but gradually gain our self-sufficiency. But being independent isn't enough, as we need to become interdependent, working with other people to become fully mature. Number six, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Repeated efforts get easier. Consistent actions drive results. Habits are the underpinning of nearly any successful productivity system. The psychology of habit building can be deceptive. A behavior that requires a lot of willpower today may not after you've done it 10, 20, or 100 times. Simple routines can often snowball into bigger accomplishments if you simply put in the work. Clear's four rules for habit building make it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying, work well for setting up any new working rhythms. Number seven, Essentialism by Greg McKean. Everything you add to your life pushes out something else. Every 30-minute habit to exercise, meditate, or keep a journal must, by the simple fact of the 24-hour clock, owe its existence to 30 minutes that was previously spent doing something else. Every addition has a subtraction, but this act isn't obvious. Adding new things in, we often don't explicitly account for what needs to be removed. Often, what is removed is done on an ad hoc basis, not by deeper evaluations of what is important. In essentialism, McKean argues that you should think of productivity the other way around. Focus on what is being eliminated rather than what is being added. Keep and protect what is worthwhile rather than endlessly try to add more in. Number 8. The Checklist Manifesto by Atul Gawande When it comes to medical innovations, we tend to think of high-tech implants or exotic pharmaceuticals. However, sometimes simpler interventions can have dramatic effects. Surgeon Atul Gawande argues in favor of simple checklists, arguing that they can lead to dramatically better patient care on average by preventing doctors from accidentally missing easy but important checks and steps. Gawande's conclusion is that most of us would benefit from something as simple as a checklist to track routine tasks that we need to do where we might forget something. You pack for a camping trip, use a checklist. Going on an international vacation, use a checklist. Completing a simple task at work, check to make sure you've done everything right first. Number nine, The Power of Full Engagement by Jim Lawyer and Tony Schwartz. We should treat our work the way athletes treat their training. Cycles of focused engagement followed by rest and recovery. Energy, not time, is our most limited resource and needs to be optimized if we can be both productive and fulfilled. Lair and Shorts argue there are four dimensions to the energy of our work. First is physical, the energy we get from sleeping, healthy eating, and regular exercise. Second is mental, concentration and attentiveness. Three is emotional, freedom from stress, anxiety, and unhealthy relationships. Finally, spiritual, the energy that comes from having a deep purpose in the work that you do. Full engagement had a lot of influence on my early thinking on productivity. I saw it as being the antidote to the tendency to equate productivity with working non-stop, often under conditions that weren't sustainable. Number 10. Flow by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi Flow is the enjoyable state of mental absorption in a task. To be in a state of flow, the activity must not be too difficult or too easy. When tasks are too difficult, we break out of the autonomous state of flow and find the activity frustrating. When tasks are too easy, our mind wanders as the activity itself no longer demands our full concentration. Flow also offers a unique rationale for productivity. As flow is central to our well-being and happiness, Work that can produce a flow state is not just something to get done for its own sake, but intrinsically valuable in itself. Not all work can be flow producing. Frustrations and boredom are often unavoidable. But by understanding the factors that produce effortless productivity, we can diagnose and recover from the accidental mistakes that we make when crafting our working environment. Those are my picks for the 10 best productivity books. Are there any I missed? Be sure to reply in the comments to the original post. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website at scotthyoung.com.